welcome to In My Milk episode 352 on Monday the 10th of August 2015. I am your host Stephen Layton. Welcome as always and welcome to that news. Okay, we should get on with the news because this week's coffee is an African and an African that I actually know lots and lots and lots and lots about so uh, it's kind of good to, uh, to, to have a fair bit of info on this one so we should get on. I just slowed it down by saying we should get on. Bolivia and Colombia were amazing. There are so many exciting projects going on in both countries. Um, super special coffees coming in the new year. Things that I think are going to be uh, blow you away. Um, some new coffees, some old favourites, some old favourites getting better. Uh, I can't wait to share them with you and we're going to see those beginning of next year. So uh, exciting times. So. Remember many years ago we introduced Cascara to lots of you and you all went, wow, this is amazing. And you thought, that's it, I've had everything. I've had the, the seed, I've had the cherry. Well, what else could I have? Well, we have now got a coffee flower tea. So the tea flowers from the tea have been harvested um, and you make them, brew them in a teapot. And in fact, instead of me telling you, why don't we go and watch a video about how to brew a uh, coffee flower tea? Hello and welcome to another of our brew guides and this time we're not looking at coffee at all but we're looking at the flower of the coffee plant. After a coffee harvest there's normally a period of dry weather. During this time the coffee plant gets a little stressed at the lack of water. Then the rainy season comes which sparks the coffee plant into creating little blossom flowers. These flowers are the start of the process of the coffee plant creating cherries for our lovely coffee beverages. But there comes a point where the flowers are about to fall off the coffee plant and our hard-working partners in Bolivia have spent a huge amount of energy and time collecting these flowers. We've been able to separate different varietals of flower which surprisingly taste very, very different. This labour-intensive hard work has created coffee flower tea and we're going to walk you through how to brew. So we're going to need some things. First of all, of course, you need some coffee flower blossom, a teapot, a cup or mug, a kettle and some scales. Step 1. Take 4 grams of coffee flour and place in your infuser in your teapot. Step 2. Add 300ml just off the boil water. Step 3. Let it infuse for 2 minutes then remove that infuser. Step 4. Pour and enjoy. Just like tea, the flowers can be infused a second time. Use the same amount of water, but infuse for only 1 minute and 30 seconds. It will produce a slightly lighter brew, but it's just as enjoyable. Thank you for watching this brew guide, and I do hope you get a chance to watch some of the others that we've done. And please do remember, life is definitely too short for bad coffee flower tea. It's that easy. They're on the site now, you should definitely go buy them. We have five different varietals, um, all tasting completely different. Um, that was the news. Uh, now it's time for Focus On, and uh, this week we're going to focus on Tanzania and its coffee industry. So coffee is uh, coffee and coffee production uh, in Tanzania is a significant part of its economy and its actual largest export crop. Uh, Tanzania produces around about 30 to 40,000 tonnes uh, every year, of which 70% is Arabica, and around about 30% is Robusta. Um, there are a number of main growing regions. There's North Kilimanjaro, where this coffee's from. You've got Mabea, Matango, uh, the Highlands, uh, Morongo, and Kigoma. Um, oh, and Nagara. 
Um, the main growing regions for Robusta is the Baboka area um, and the Kagera region. Um, harvest time tends to run from October to February. This was a lot from the end of February and it's taken a little while to get to us. Um, but yes, it uh, tends to be in that window. Uh, and I would say the ma more than 90% of the exports are from small holders uh, and the remaining 10% being from plantations of which this one is. Uh, there's around about 270,000 workers employed um, uh, and it used to be a very tightly managed like Kenya uh, system, state like state coffee board if you like, uh, before the 90s but that changed in 1990 uh, and there's been a number of reforms since. Um, so that was Focus On. So this week's coffee comes from uh, Arusha, which is the Armunia district in northern Tanzania, uh, on the slopes of Mount Meru, uh, not far from Kilimanjaro. Um, Mount Meru, I think, goes at about 4,500 metres uh, above sea level. Um, Arusha is, uh, used to be around about eight kilometres away uh, from uh, the Burka estate, but as urban sprawls happened, they actually the city has got closer to the farm. It's actually, it literally borders the estates now. Um, the estate Burka was originally found in 1899 by a German settler, uh, Mr. Rahn, um, who decided to plant coffee and send it back to Germany. Um, Burka is 1,500 uh, acres, um, of which uh, just over half, I think it's about 890, something like that, uh, are dedicated to coffee. Uh, the neighbouring estate, Selian, is also owned by the same people. Um, the estates have around about 200 permanent staff, as well as 200 casual staff during the uh, peak picking season. Um, uh, and that can rise up to 5,000 when it gets really kind of hot and heavy. Uh, all of the permanent staff live within the estate, so they're all given houses, there are four different camps, um, they're all paid 20% above the government minimum requirement, um, as they feel that that's very important that the people are rewarded on the farm, and they keep the good people as well. But they also have like social security, a labour union, um, they, they have contracts, they have a credit union, they're able to borrow money, they have education, um, health, uh, there's a constant program of re reno renovating the houses and redoing the houses um, they have a nursery for the children of which around about 100 children go to um, and there's also two primary schools which has around about 600 children which are all provided by the estates um, which I think is pretty fantastic it's it's great to see uh, somebody taking their social responsibilities uh, on and doing a good job um, they also have a nurse they have a, a dispensary so a, a, a pharmacy um, uh, to meet anybody, meet the needs of anybody who has anything they need looking at. They have an ambulance, they have sports facilities, they've got churches, they have a mosque, um, they have football teams that regularly play each other, they've got netball teams, uh, they have barbecues. Like it just sounds like, a, or I actually want to go work there because it sounds uh, really fun. It sounds like a really good place to be. And um, they also have uh, fruit trees that grow on the farm, nut trees um, uh, that there people just be able to go and pick things from, um, they have uh, firewood that's supplied, um, they're able to have coffee, it's just like, it sounds like a, a really, really cool place to be. Um, this coffee is a fully washed coffee, uh, and the way that they wash uh, on Burka is that they um, they 
taped in the mill within six hours of picking, where they're graded, sorted, depulped, and then it's an underwater fermentation for 24 to 36 hours, depending on how hot um, the day is. Um, the water that they use for the mill uh, comes from a natural spring, which is actually in the, within the mill, within the farm. Um, so, and they're also recycling water. Uh, they have their own sewerage pits. Um, they, have, they have their own wetlands and settlement ponds. Um, it's like everything is basically run within the farm, and they don't re, re, you know, rely on anybody outside to do anything. They can do everything that they want to. Um, they use the cherry pulp. Um, for fertilizer which they spread around the estate um, the parchment um, is, is also collected and used for fire for cooking basically for cooking fuel um, it, it just yeah it's really good um, it then goes through the channels and goes to the raised drying breads where it normally takes between five to seven days um, for the uh, coffee to dry and then um, after that, it's put into it's kept in parchment. It's put into um, into sacks and then milled, dry milled within the farm again. So within within the farm, they have their own dry mill um, and then ready for export to come to people like us. Um, they also do a lot of work on the farm of cupping. Um, they're cupping the samples of each day, making sure that everything is quality and anything that isn't quality slips through. Um, they are also doing experiments. They did a natural uh, last year for us for the first time, which they've repeated again this year. Um, they are really up for just doing different things, experimenting. They have some great varietals. Um, it's, it's just one of those farms that is a joy to work with. It's actually no work at all. Uh, so it's, yeah. Thanks for putting me off during the middle of talking there, Dale. Dale's ready to bring the coffee in. Um, so yes, so anyway, we should go to this week's map bit. I miss my song. I'm going to sing it now while this is going up. It's the map, but no expense spent. Which is a lie, because there's loads of expense spent now on all these flashy graphics. But there we are up to the earth, and we are going south, and we're going to Africa. The huge, massive, monstrosity large uh, Africa. And we're going down to the very large Tanzania, um, which looks quite bare, because we don't have many Tanzanian coffees and haven't. But Tanzania has the largest concentration of wild animals per square kilometre than anywhere else. I think it's, I, I read something like 4,000 like different types of animal, it's crazy. It's, so we're going down here, and this is the farm. So Berka is below, uh, and Selena is there. But look, so that is Mount Muru, and just in the far background... Um, we'll, we'll go back there in a minute, which is the Kilimanjaro. He's 5,895 metres. Um, at the lowest point is the Indian Ocean. So we can... Uh, let's go up to that highest point, I think. Let's whiz around this. Look at this. So that's Muru there, and you can see the farm still. So that's the very top. But then if we just take a jump back, that is the top of Kilimanjaro. And that is, uh, you still see the farms just in the distance there. It's absolutely gorgeous that you can see the farms from Kilimanjaro. And just have a look at Kilimanjaro. You can see there it is just in the background. And you are amongst the trees at that point. So there's a, an, another upward view down to the farm again. So Berka is the bottom part and Selina is the top part. And that was the map bit. So now it's time for Roland's Daft Fact of the Week.
Australia is the 19th biggest producer of coffee in the world. Wow, Glue's doing coffee facts again. That's unusual. Right, let's go and get tasty delicious coffee. Be back with you in just a minute. So I'm back. Um, you can tell Dale's done the coffee this week because it's called in my mug, but he's delivered the brewed coffee in a glass. Doesn't get the concept at all. Right, into the espresso. Although he has given me a spoon, so that's definitely a brandy point for that. So this coffee, for me, is everything I've been looking for in a Tanzanian, but not been able to find. For me, they should be thick, they should be mouthfeel, they should be creamy. Um, and this is definitely all of those things. You get a beautiful brown sugar uh, on the front end, um, but then that turns into like this peach acidity, which is really, really good. Um, mm, that is a fantastic espresso, really is good. Into the milk. Now, adding the milk obviously raises that creamy mouthfeel because the milk's kind of creamy. Um, but that sweetness changes for me, and it tastes, it just so reminds me of marshmallows. Um, it's got that real kind of chewiness to it as well. It's like, and this is a personal thing, and I don't know whether you know these, but the flumps, you can get like the really long marshmallows that are like twisted round. It tastes like a flump to me, it really does. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's a good cappuccino as well. They're kind of, there's nothing fighting each other, it's all in harmony. So into the brood. I hate drinking from glasses. I hate drinking from glasses. Um, now with the brood, that brain sugar comes back as the main component. And I'm getting like this real like hit of peach. Um, it's deliciously refreshing. It's clean. Everything that I think a Tanzania should be. So uh, thank you very much for joining me as always. And do remember, Life is definitely too short for bad coffee.